Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. It's a joy to be here this morning. Kelly, thank you for preaching the sermon. I'll shut up. And, and Haley did a wonderful job. Very good job there. You know the story very well. Uh, my mission this morning is to preach a sermon. I was asked to preach a sermon for the children. Who is a child here? Do we have any children here? Yes, we have, we have some that are children age-wise. How, who here has ever been a child? Okay. We can all remember being children. Very good. I see your hand. Thank you. Um, my name is Rob. And I'm going to be talking, so the sermon is for you guys, but I think the front pew, the, the, the VIPs, but we will, we will allow everyone, all the children, to enjoy the message from Jonah this morning. Is that okay? All right, that's our mission, to learn together this morning. And um, today we're going to look for the second week of the book of Jonah. And the book of Jonah is, is a lot of fun, but it has something to teach us. Um, so, basically, we heard, um, thanks to Haley, and uh, what Jonah's about. It's Jonah, and, and he gets thrown in the water. You knew the details. It was very good. Um, we know that he was swallowed up by a, a whale or a fish. And, um, and did you know that this week on the Discovery Channel is Shark Week? It's Shark Week. And, um, and in, uh, on the Discovery Channel, they mentioned... Uh, the Jonah and the, the, the fish, the whale, during Shark Week. And they said that it's nearly impossible for a person to get eaten by a whale and survive. Have anyone, has anyone here been eaten by a whale and survived? No? You look like you might. But, um, but it's nearly impossible. But you can be swallowed by a megalodon shark. Now, in the Bible... Now, the Old Testament is, is written in what major language? You, the Bible that we read, what language is it written in? Who thinks it's um, English? Some of you think English. How about German? <laughs> but of course, French, Swahili. The Bible was, this part of the Bible is written in a, in a language called Hebrew. Can you say with me, Hebrew. Hebrew. And the word for the large fish in the Bible is dag, say dag, gadol. Dag, gadol. Let's put it together. Dag, gadol. Big fish. Dag, gadol. Big fish. It was a big fish that swallowed Jonah. So when you go home, you can turn on the Discovery Channel or go to your neighbor's house if they have cable. And, and you can watch about the megalodon shark. So on, on Shark Week, they say that's the only shark that could be big enough. We've, we've got a picture there. Oh, look at poor Jonah. Oh, he's in rough shape. Um, that is the size of an animal that could have swallowed up Jonah and then spat him back out. Now, uh, uh, again, Haley told the story very well. Um, Jonah was swallowed by the whale, by the gal gadon, gadol, uh, because... He was running away from God. So let's continue the story from here. Um, 
Jonah was the prophet, and God came to him and said, Listen, Jonah, I need you to go to the city of Nineveh. I need you to tell the people to repent. And Jonah said, No, I'm not going to the east. I'm going to the west. I'm going to Tarshish, not to Nineveh. So he ran the wrong way. Have any of you ever run the wrong way? Have you run the wrong way? Yes? Have any of you driven the wrong way? Turned the wrong way? That's when our GPS says, turn around. At your earliest convenience. Jonah jumps on the ship, going to, not to Nineveh, going the wrong direction. God sends the storm. The sailors know that it's Jonah's fault. How do they know that it's Jonah's fault? Because Jonah tells them. Jonah knows he's running away from God, and he says, it's my fault. I know I'm doing the wrong thing. I'm going the wrong direction. I'm running away from God. I love the questions. If someone said to you, I'm running away from God, what kind of questions would you ask them? What questions? Haley, what would you ask them? Why is a very good question. Yes? Run for your life. That's not necessarily a question, but it's, it's a powerful thing to say. Um, they asked him, what kind of work do you do? They said, where do you come from? They said, what's your country? They said, what, from what people are you? Where are you from? So it was a very similar question, Haley. Um, why? Who are you? Where are you from? Joan answered, I am a Hebrew. And I worship God, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. That's powerful, isn't it? Powerful. This terrified them. So he said, I worship God, and they were very afraid. And they asked, what have you done? Has anyone ever, have ever had, I don't know if you've ever seen a dog, you leave it at home, and you come home, and the house isn't the same way as when you left. And you look at the dog, and you, and you go like this, and you say, what have you done? And the dog, he kind of looks down at the ground and his ears go down and he knows he's done something bad. They asked him, what have you done? Because they knew that he had done something evil. Sailors didn't want to throw him overboard, but they did. They threw him into the sea because the storm was coming up. He said, if you throw me into the water, what's going to happen? What did Jonah say? If you throw me into the water, what happens? Yes, the storm will stop. So they throw him overboard, and along comes the megalodon shark. Along comes the fish, swallows him up. And then inside the whale for how many days? You, duh, we know the, sto- the song. Isn't that what you say? We know the song. How many days was he inside? Three days. I wish I knew the song. Tim, do you know the song, the, the three days song? I can't think of the song right now. Maybe we should, have, we should have learned it. Inside the fish, Jonah says to God, God, I'll do whatever it is you're calling me to do. Forgive me. Whatever it is you want me to do, I will do it. The fish opens his mouth and spits Jonah out on the shore towards Nineveh. Now, how many of you have been to Nineveh? Have you been to Nineveh? No. Brampton? Toronto? How about this one? Who's been to London, England? London, England. 
Who has been to Hong Kong? There we go, Hong Kong. (laughs) That was a funny one, Hong Kong, where is that? If you put Hong Kong and London and Toronto together, these are big cities, they would sort of be like Nineveh of that time. Nineveh was a huge mega city. So Jonah goes to the mega city. And he walks up to the gates of the city. Back in the old days, there were gates. Nineveh had five gates surrounded by bulls. And they were frightening places to enter. Have you ever been to the CNE, the Canadian National Exhibition? Ever been through the Princess Gate at the exhibition? You walk through those beautiful gates with the princess and the wings over them. They're beautiful. Well, there were gates to the city of Nineveh. And Jonah goes through the gates. And there's tens of thousands of people there. In fact, there's 120,000 people there. And so he has to say what God wants him to say. And God wants him to say, 40 days, 40 more days, and Nineveh will be overturned. So Jonah goes to the city. He goes up to the beautiful gates and he, goes, and he goes into the city and he says what God would have him to say. Forty more days and the city and Nineveh will be overturned. And he doesn't know what's going to happen. And then he opens his eyes and he looks through the gates to the city. And he sees everybody is on their knees. Can you VIPs get on your knees? Can you, get on, can you put your, get on your knees? What is it like on your knees? Get on your knees. I'm not going to ask the older people because some of us can't get back up. It's hard. Can you get on your knees? What a, it hurts your knees. It's not fun to be on your knees. Can you get on your knees? I wish you're, you speak Italian. How do you say get on your knees in Italian? That's okay. That's okay. Bless you. Bless you as you sit. So you're on your knees. All of, Jonah looks into the city and all the people are on their knees. And it doesn't feel good to be on your knees. Being on your knees is a sign of repentance. Saying, God, I'm sorry. You're really suffering on your knees. This is painful. Yes, you can imagine what it's like when you're an old man like me to be on your knees. Okay, you can sit back up now. Thank you. Yeah, thank goodness that's over. He almost perished. (laughs) So the whole city of Nineveh is on their knees. And they say, God, forgive us for our sins. Forgive us for our evil ways. God, we want to be yours. We want to repent. So then then the question that Kelly asked so well. So if you are Jonah and you, you come to the gates and everyone repents, you'd think Jonah would go... You know, ah, I'm so good. Or, ah, God is so good. You know, this is awesome. But he doesn't do that. He's like, what? It's true. The people listened to him. They believed in him. And they decided to follow, to follow the ways of God, the ways of Yahweh. But the main point, this is one of the main points, boys and girls, is that Jonah isn't happy. Why? Because he doesn't like the people of Nineveh. He doesn't like them. He doesn't want God to love them. Jonah is really interested only in Jonah. What's our young fellow's name who was on his knees? Nathan? 
Nathan, you and I could be good friends. When you were on your knees, Nathan, what were you thinking about? How it kind of hurts. So when you're on your knees and your knees hurt, you're thinking about yourself. You're thinking about your knees. You're thinking, boy, I hope he tells me I can sit back on the comfortable pew. Isn't that right? You're thinking about yourself because your knees hurt. Let's keep going here. Chapter 4, verse 1. Let's see what's going on. So Jonah is displeased and he became very angry. He's angry at God for accepting and loving these people. He was angry. He's mad. And as a matter of fact, in the Hebrew, if you look at the Bible, it says that he was burning with anger. He was on fire. Have you ever been burning with anger? Have you ever burnt with anger? Been really mad? Do you know? Yes? No? Older children, have you ever been burning with anger? Yes, yes, someone's got their right turn signal on and they go left. It's like, come on. Or you're, a, you're here and they're ahead of you and there's no cars going in front and if it was you, you would have gone through the intersection. But obviously they're not thinking properly because they, they're not listening to you in the car behind them saying, go, 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 it, it's, it's free. So what, what makes you burn with anger, boys and girls? How about this one? Listen to, listen to this. I bet this makes you angry. When there is no Wi-Fi... No, I'm in the dark. There's no Wi-Fi. No. How about this one? You're planning to go play soccer with a friend outside, and you've been waiting all week long, and you're going to play Saturday, and Saturday it rains. Oh, it makes you burn with anger. So Jonah was burning with anger. He wasn't happy. He doesn't want to love and forgive the people that God wants to love and forgive. Let's continue. Jonah chapter 4, verse 2. It says, he prayed to the Lord. Jonah prays. Now, this is interesting. Jonah prays two times in the book of Jonah. The first time he prayed, he was where? In the belly of the megalodon shark. He was in trouble. The second time he prays, he's praying and he's angry. So the first time he prayed, he was in trouble. The second time he prayed, he was angry. Prayers in trouble. Prayers in anger. Do you know those prayers? Have you prayed in times of trouble? Have you prayed in times of disappointment and anger? I suspect we all have. So we we relate to Jonah at this level. He's praying these prayers. Here's Jonah's prayer. Oh, Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? (laughs) This is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you were a gracious and a compassionate God. I knew that you were slow to anger and abounding with love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Oh, that's too bad. That sermon. And they're just about to miss... The best part. You'll see in a minute what I'm talking about. Um, And then Jonah finishes that prayer saying, And now, O Lord, take away my life, for it's better for me to die than to live. He is suicidal. Jonah is so mad he could die. 
He finished the prayer. And what do you do when you finish a prayer and you're mad at God? You go out and you sulk. You sulk because you didn't get what you wanted. I told God that you, I knew that you would be good and I didn't get what I wanted. He made a shelter. He sits in the shade. Um, he goes out to the edge of the city, goes up to the mountain, and overlooks Nineveh. Now, why is he overlooking Nineveh? Because he's still hoping that God will not relent, that, that, that God will destroy. He still doesn't love the people of Nineveh. He doesn't understand. He understands God, but he doesn't have God's heart. So, Here's where the story continues to be very interesting. So God provides. Boys and girls, can you say this with me? God provides. Can you say that? Kelly, can we get the children to say, God provides. Say it with me. God provides. How about all the children? God provides. God provides a vine. Scripture says the Lord provided a vine and he made it grow up over Jonah's head. Remember, Jonah's up on the mountain. And it gave shade for his head to ease his discomfort. He provided a vine, a fast-growing vine. Must have had miracle grow on it. Jonah's hot. The vine makes him cool. It protects his little bald head. And in Scripture it says, And Jonah was very happy about the vine. When I said, get off your knees, you can sit on the pews, were you very happy to be off your knees? Yes, you were. Some of you, you thought you were going to die down there on your knees. He was happy to be given the vine. Here's, is, is the, this one is a big but. But, the next morning, can you say, God provides God provided something else. The Bible says, but at dawn the next morning, God provides a worm. A worm. What is it? Where is it in the Bible? I swear. It's in there. God provides a worm. Can you say, God provides a worm? He provides a worm. Now, I am going to provide you with a worm. How many would like a worm? Sarah, we arrived last night at 1 a.m. from the East Coast and woke up early this morning to wrap up gummy worms for the children. Because there's nothing like going to church and getting a gummy worm. So these, I, God provides worms. And God provides plants. <laughs> Look at that. Well, you should see their faces from up here. They suddenly woke up. So God provides the worm, and the worm eats the plant, and the plant withers. Thank you, Sarah, for handing out the worms. So you can hold on to those worms until some of you may have gummy worm allergies. I don't know. So make sure mom and dad say it's okay to have a gummy worm, and then you can enjoy them and remember Jonah. Then God provided a scorching heat from the east. And the sun blazed on Jonah's head. How many of you think that Jonah might be bald? I kind of think Jonah might be bald because he seems sensitive to sun and wind. 
And uh, so there, I can relate a little bit to Jonah and the issue of the sun and the wind. He can't handle it. He says, it would be better for me to die than to live. Have you ever said that? I am in such pain. I am suffering so much. It's better for me to die than to live. He was really suffering. He was focused on himself. Have you ever had friends who are only interested in themselves? You know, they don't seem to to think about you. Yeah, you don't want to be a friend like that. You want to be the friend that cares about others. So God used a little worm to teach Jonah a big lesson. So boys and girls, you don't have to be someone big or powerful. Well, it looks like some of the worms got out of the bags. Some of that is, I hope that's okay, moms and dads. The worms, the worms are out of the bag. Um, God provided the worms, so perhaps that's okay. God uses worms, so he can certainly use you and me. And, and boys and girls, you're young and you're small now, but you'll get big. And God wants to use you. If he can use little worms, he can use beautiful young men and women like you. He will. Okay, back to Jonah. The worm ate the vine. The sun is burning Jonah's head. God speaks to Jonah. Okay, listen to, listen to this. This is incredible. God says, Jonah, do you have any right to be angry about this vine? And this is the amazing part. Jonah says, I do. I do. I'm angry enough to die, he says. Jonah, he, he really is an incredible man. I do, I can die. The reality of the book of Jonah is that life for Jonah is about Jonah. It's about him being on his knees. All I can think about is his sore knees. It's about being there in the desert with the sun on his head. All I can think about is the how hot he is, so hot he could die. Jonah is about Jonah. It's about his anger. It's about his unforgiveness. It's about his lack of comfort. Have you ever had anger blind you? Have you ever had a lack of unforgiveness, hatred for another blind you? This is what Jonah is about. Jonah was about Jonah. He was blind to what God was doing. He didn't love the Ninevites. He hated them. My question for you this morning is what is life about for you? Is life all about you? And you know, and we have these beautiful children up front, and when you're a child, life is, is so much about them. They're, they're so young, and it's about the backyard. It's that little world they live in. It's so important that, that here at church that they are loved and comfortable and Uh, And that this is part of their home, part of their story. But as we grow old, life can't be just about us. You want to know what your life is about? How do you spend your time? How do you spend your money? That's what your life is about. Where do you... Is it all about your house? Is it about your toys and your hobbies? Is it about what you're going to eat next? My father when he's finishing breakfast, is thinking about lunch. (laughs) And when he's finishing lunch, 
you probably know what he's thinking about next. It's what's going to be for dinner. My father is 85, and he just about died two years ago. He was on life support, and we are so happy that God spared his life. And if he wants to eat, I'm going to give him a steak for breakfast, lunch, and supper. What is life about? We live in a very confused culture. You look in the magazine racks. You see the magazine Us and People and Me. So much of of, of Western culture is about us. Jonah's on the hot ground, and God makes everything clear. Uh, Chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. So we've been basically walking through the, the fourth chapter of Jonah here this morning. And God says to Jonah, You have been concerned about this vine, but you didn't tend it or make it grow. It was a weed, sprang up overnight, and it died overnight. But Nineveh has over 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? Jonah's about God's love for that great city. God loves Nineveh. He's saying, Jonah, life is not about you. It's not about your anger, your unforgiveness. Life is about Nineveh. It's about being obedient to God's call and loving those around you, sharing God's forgiveness with a needy world. Life is about Nineveh. Boys and girls, can you say that? Life is about... Can I hear that again? Life is about... Let's have the ladies join the children. Life is about Life is about Nineveh. Let's have the men, the ladies, let's have all the children say this together. Life is about again, again. Life is about Nineveh. Life is not about us. It's about going where God calls us. Jonah was called to Nineveh and we are called to Nineveh. Where is Nineveh? Well, Nineveh is when you walk out that door and you look across the street at the thrift store and the giant tiger. There are people inside those stores that God loves and they don't know it. Who's going to tell them? Yes, you. I saw that hand. (laughs) Yes, you're going to tell them about God's love. I'm going to tell them about God's love because where is Nineveh? Nineveh is there. Right there. Where is our Nineveh? Right there. It's wherever you have a friend who doesn't know Jesus and you need to tell him about his love. So, here's what you need to do. You need to be Jonah. But don't run the wrong way. Run the right way. Here's what you need to do as Jonah. You need to invite your neighbor for dinner. Can you do that? probably. Um, You need to build a relationship with them. You need to help someone paint their fence. Can you help someone paint their house or paint their fence? It might look interesting when you're done. Maybe you could help them in their yard to pick up things in their yard. When I was was a little bit younger, I used to work in prison. And and God tells us to visit prisoners, people who are lonely. Do you know anyone who's lonely? Because maybe that's where God is calling you. Maybe your neighbor is a little bit 
has trouble walking. You know, they have a walker. Maybe they're a little bit old and they can't get to the store. So when you go to the store and you buy some corn, why don't you buy six more? And when you get home, take, take three for you and take three over to your neighbor and give them some corn. Could you do that? Yeah, you can give somebody corn. Yeah, yes. You get a lot of fruit, okay. Well, that's very good. And your, gra- your grandpa does that? And you too. Isn't that good? Well, that's what it's like going to, Nin- going to Nineveh. That's what Jonah needed to do, was to take God's love, even if it's fruit. Even if it's fruit to those in need. Life is not about us. And life is short. So let's go to Nineveh. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we come to you and we ask forgiveness and for short-sightedness. Help us not to be selfish, but to have our eyes open to the needs of those around us. Open our eyes. Father, as we continue to pray, each of us here, with our eyes closed and our heads bowed, just for a moment, ask God, Where is Nineveh for me? Where are you calling me to go? Father, we come to you right now and we pray that you would use us. God, that life would not be about us, but that it would be about you, your love and your forgiveness. That it would not be about our comfort, or our self-centeredness, but that you would build a fire deep inside us to change the world and to bring Christ across the street and to Nineveh. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I think the children did very well this morning. Very well. I hope you enjoyed that message. Yeah, good job. So now we come to another meal. And this one has bread and wine. Off they go with their worms. And so Christ talks about the meal in Luke 22. Scripture says he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When we eat the bread, we remember Jesus' life and his death. We offer our lives and our bodies to God as he offered his life as a sacrifice for us. Our bodies are important. We saw that in the book of Jonah, his body and the direction that he went is really what the story is about. With the direction that we go in our lives towards God or running away from God are key. Are our bodies going in God's direction? Are we obedient in our lives? Our lives should mirror that of Christ. In Jesus' life, he was merciful to people. Are you merciful to others? He loved people. 
Do you love those around you? He cared for people that no one cared for, the lost, the prisoner. And in his life, he served people. Are you a servant? Yes, Lord, make me a servant. In his death, he was submissive. And in his death, he was, his death, he was most merciful. He gave his life for us. And we celebrate that in the breaking of the bread. Luke twenty two twenty says, after, cu- after supper, he took the cup of wine, and he said, this cup is a new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. The blood, the cup, is an agreement, a new covenant, that because Jesus died, we have life and life eternally. So powerful. The cup is a covenant. We don't live by the law and by the rules. We live because of his life, his death, and his resurrection. scottstreetchurch.ca